Welcome to another episode of The Daily Horror Habit, the podcast for horror movie obsessives. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you horror movie reviews and discussions every Friday for your twisted pleasure. And this week, I'm trying something new. And as with most experiments, this could be a glorious success, or it could crash and burn worse than a high school prom. Sick carry reference. But I thought I would try my hand at a movie commentary over a couple of cold ones for a segment I'd like to dub Fears and Beers. How it'll work is, once I'm done rambling here, I'll give a countdown, which is your signal, to queue up the movie on whatever streaming service it's currently on, or if you have one of those disc thingies. When I say roll them, you press play and enjoy my stream of consciousness, which will hopefully break my average of three laughs an hour. Maybe. And now for the announcement that you've all been waiting for with bated breath, I'm sure. The first feature for Fears and Beers is none other than John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. This is a first time watch for me, but I'm excited to dive into this weird sci-fi western about a group of cops on Mars that are picking up a prisoner at a remote colony. But once they arrive, they find that the colonists have been possessed by an ancient spirit that they have uncovered. And with a star-studded cast such as Ice Cube, Natasha Henstridge, Jason Stratham, Pam Greer, and Clea Duvall, how could it not at least be entertaining, right? Right? Anyways, I'm done rambling and I think it's time for a cold one and to start the show. So get ready, here comes your countdown. And in three, two, one, roll them. So guys, I, uh, I appreciate everybody taking this uh, journey with me uh, this week. This is the uh, first of these movie commentaries that I have uh, attempted, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's not a, a complete disaster, but you know, when you got Cold Ones and uh, John Carpenter, I can't see it being too, too bad of a time. First uh, cold one of the night is going to be an all-day IPA from uh, Founders. It's a Session Ale. They sell these in 19-ounce cans now, which, you know, for when the 16-ounce pints aren't enough. But anyways, let's get to the movie. So I know almost nothing about this uh, <laughs> other than it is about Mars and there's an ancient civilization that somehow is taking over the bodies of the colonists that are there. In typical John Carpenter fashion, he's doing it all. You know, he's uh, writing, directing, and I believe scoring the movie. So again, I can't see this not at least being an entertaining ride, even if uh, I think this was like the second to last film that he's made up until this point. Uh, it was this and then The Ward, which I think came out, I think, nine years after this. Um, so, you know. I'm glad that the man is uh, making music and seems to be content with that these days, but I would love to see him direct again. But, you know, that's the hope from a, uh, a diehard Carpenter fan like myself, like many of you, I'm sure. But anyways, we got, we got trains on Mars, so things can't be too bad so far. I mean, I think the, right off the bat, the thing that's most notable is uh, <laughs> this cast, right? I mean, you got Jason Stratham, you got Ice Cube, you got Pam Greer. I don't see how this couldn't be somewhat enjoyable for the uh, the pulpiness of it all. This kind of like weird Western with some of this star-studded cast and whatnot.
<laughs> Apparently the cartel is on Mars. Shout out Sandy King. It would be so badass if Snake Plissken robbed this train, but... Dude, who has not had a weekend with some tetramonochloride? I'm by no means a legal expert. Uh, you better have a lawyer. Don't ever listen to you can speak freely. Jason Stratham with hair freaks me the fuck out, no matter how many times I see him like that. Cops even do drugs in the future, too. I love it. <laughs> I love the trip balls and then just staring at my talisman while chilling on Mars.
that shot of the earth kind of looked like the opening to the thing. <laughs> I love the name of drugs in the future. It's always like clear or uh, what the fuck? Slow-mo from Dread. Like <laughs> the drugs only got better, but the names got worse. You got to give John Carpenter credit. You know, I can't speak to the quality of the rest of this movie yet, obviously, but the man knows how to write dialogue that uh, that seems to be like the pulpiest version of some of his favorite genres. Obviously, like a Western. This is that weird Western kind of twang to it. Also, Jericho is a fucking badass name for a cop. Pam Greer giving off some vibes, huh? <laughs> Pam Greer's like, dude, let's do some clear and get down, huh? Jason Stratham plays such a good scumbag. Also, in the future, Leather is definitely back. <laughs> James Desolation Williams is the most badass name next to... Uh, what the fuck is... Wesley Snipes in uh, Demolition Man. Fuck. Now I gotta remember that. Simon Phoenix. Desolation's the badass nickname, though. <laughs> now having clean air like earth for 10 years is a wild time frame to give people also I love that this is in the future and yet they didn't bother to like give them any futuristic looking guns they're like spaz 12 
some kind of German assault rifle, whatever. <laughs> Mars sounds like a blast. I love how we're all dying to get to Mars just to do the same exact shit that we're doing on Earth. <laughs> Jason Chasing Stratham, just get, letting that scumbag card fly. I feel like the more hair he had, the scummier the role. <laughs> Breeders. <laughs> You know, it's the type of thing where, like, even if Carpenter's not really down to be directing movies, I would still watch a dozen kind of, like, budget, straight-to-DVD type movies from Carpenter just because of his just, like, love of genre comes through. Doesn't even have to be necessarily super standout, but he just, like, he has such a understanding of genre, and even if here it's like, okay... So far, it's kind of pretty stock standard, and I don't know how much better or worse it gets, but he just has a way of like putting you into this world, whether or not it ends up kind of living up to more than the premise or the outlandish sort of title and whatnot. Oh, shit. Got some Earth-Mars colony humor going. Love it. I'm betting the next cold one that Stratham kicks at first.
I could get some assault on Precinct 13, sort of like CQC stuff going on in this. That'd be pretty sick. Pair that with like some of the post-apocalyptic uh, Escape from New York vibes. I'd be down for a movie like that. Kind of like editing on this is kind of strange. It's not really indicative of anything that he ever used to do in his flicks. Oh yeah, this is going to be a flashback heavy joint. I mean, I don't necessarily hate the perspective shifting. Uh, they probably should have fucking reported that ASAP. Just bodies hanging from the ceiling. That's not business as usual unless that's how they get down on Mars. Everybody's got mad interesting names too. Bashira, like... Let me guess, Ice Cube ends up not really being truly guilty of the crimes that he committed. He ends up being the savior. Or it'll be the type of shit like in Salt and Precinct 13, like, yeah, I did that shit, but in actuality, I got a code and I'm not all that bad. I fucking knew it. I've been trying to piece together where I know Natasha uh, Henstridge from. I knew that she was from Species. 
we don't have to unpack how I remember that, but you know. That film was influential in its own way. I don't know if this is a step up or a step down from that. I guess anything, being in anything that John Carpenter directs is a step up from whatever you did last or in the past. So, you know. Oh, shit. Wanda Jesus is from uh, fucking Sons of Anarchy. She plays uh, the Queen Bee at one of the brothels. Again, don't ask me how I remember that. Selective memory and whatnot. Oh, shit. And that's Jonah Cassidy from uh, Six Feet Under. Man. Carpenter got a solid cast for this. See, windmills, man, I'm telling you. And I saw it, and they're dangerous. I appreciate the miniatures work in just all of Carpenter's movies. You know, even if some of that CGI was very reminiscent of uh, Escape from L.A. There he is, the man of the hour, Mr. Ice cube how the fuck are you going to make a movie with him in it and not have him in the first until 20 minutes into it Jesus it's like, I was aware of what was going on species wasn't I Called it through his face. She said it to the back of his head. Come on now, Jason. It's a nerdy thing, like being watching movies and fucking picking apart some of the like portrayal of guns and stuff but i love how like back in the day they used to show guns as being futuristic by just putting more shit on them they're like 
let's take like the Mossberg pump shotgun and put an extended mag and a bunch of like a sight and a light on it. And it's like, dude, that shit looks pretty futuristic. Damn, this chick was tripping on the stuff that Natasha was tripping on. I love that John Carpenter was like, yo, let, real quick in my career, let me make uh, let me make my own version of Rashomon, but make it like this weird as fuck Western with, you know, some, don't want to call them has-beens, but some people that's careers are uh, not necessarily on the, on the uh, incline. Oh, so that guy just tried to kill himself. I wonder if that scar that's on uh, Natasha's neck during the uh, court tribunal or whatever is, uh, I wonder if she got possessed and then tried to kill herself, but she was saved at the last minute. That wouldn't surprise me. I love Pam Greer tried to shoot that lock off and then ended up destroying it so nobody can get in there. I feel like they're supposed to be this like elite team of killers and yet none of them scoped the fucking row of heads that are up in the hills.
That was some really inspired dialogue. <laughs> Even Ice Cube was like, Descanso is a wild name for a white boy. Oh, shit. You know, granted, he knocked her on her ass, but Ice Cube's supposed to be this badass killer, and he got taken down by that weak-ass fucking two-piece move she gave him. Couldn't help it, he's too fast. Okay. Not gonna lie, I thought this score would be a little more pronounced or prominent or something. Not saying it's necessarily bad, but just as not nearly as prominent as I thought it would be. Okay, my theory about the scar on her neck is now completely defunct because I just I just saw that she has it now. So clearly, my theory was dog shit. I'll own that. Bro, Mars, so far, I'm not sold on it at all. Motherfuckers leave Earth and get up there and then just nothing good happens. Other than apparently people trip balls and rip skin off of their teeth or whatever the fuck this chick is doing other than growling and being a weirdo. See, Ice Cube isn't all that bad.
<laughs> I love how he's like, you know, I didn't kill anybody. It's like, dude, why were you locked up in the first place? Like, this shit did not start happening just <laughs> afterward. Like, come on, man. This, like, demon drug-fueled vision that they keep cutting to is the most aughts horror shit ever. Flash, if that's another type of, like, future drug, I'm sold on the future. Also, nothing is named, like, normal shit, like K305, like... Again, like, leather and 90s firearms are the fucking hit thing in the future. So far, about 50% of this movie is just like decapitated bodies hanging from ceilings. Also, I guess they call f cash flash in the future. <laughs> there we go. Thin line between a cop and a crook these days. That's that carpenter fucking anarchism showing its head. Damn, Ice Cube, Ice Cube really said, you tweaking? My money's still on Jason Stratham dying first. I cannot get on board with this man having a full head of hair. It's just, I'm sorry. I said it more than once or twice, but it's wigging me the fuck out. Dude, if they put her head on the spike, I'm going to be pissed because that's the second shit I tried to guess and it did not pan out. What the fuck? How are they going to do Pam Greer dirty like that? Jesus.
What the fuck? I knew it, son of a bitch. I'm going to stop trying to predict shit because clearly it's not working out for me. Also, I love how Jason Stratham's like, I need to get a closer look as if there's another recently severed head of somebody with the same fucking haircut as fucking Pam Greer. <laughs> Come on, man. He had to get that close. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> This is like a fucking new metal music video, I swear. Everybody's got this wild fit. Not gonna lie though, the bra made out of severed human hands fit goes hard as fuck. All right, second cold one, tall boy of the finest of fine beverages, a Narragansett lager. And for those outside of New England, that's a, a fine American lager brought to you by the great state of Rhode Island. And if you're wondering about seeking it out or the quality, you can get a six pack of tall boys for about six ninety nine. That's all you need to know. I think old reliable should be the uh, tagline, but you know, that's just my two cents. I love how John Carpenter's inclination is like, yo, we got to explain why there's an underground civilization. Dude, all you have to say is motherfuckers live underground and they wanted to decapitate Pam Greer and anybody else that fucks with their place. See, Natasha's got the right idea. Clea Duvall's fucking around with the taser. They sent you all there with like these quote unquote badass futuristic weapons. Just fucking body people. Come on. Oh shit. 
I love how she's not willing to explain further that it's loose in here and everybody's just like, yeah, we, we don't need to dig further into that, figure out what that means. Yo, imagine this prison cell sequence just pops off like fucking, uh, like Malignant. <laughs> that would be excellent. That soul possession just rips out of the back of that old dude's head. Also, MPF, standing for Mars Police Force. Come on now. Could have dug a little deeper on that one. Whew. This fucking Narragansett was sitting on the bottom shelf for a minute. Jesus, they dug this out of the back. How did that entire gang of people not see him run into that shed? This guy that's like the leader should have been played by Ving Rhames. That's all I'm saying. All right. This sound, Carpenter score has finally kicked in in a way that I feel is reflective of that man's talent. I feel like this needs to not only be louder, but needs to get a little more bombastic. I'm gonna lie, filing one's teeth and sticking metal through somebody's skin, his own skin, is fucking worrisome behavior. I'd probably, you know, get off world real quick.
Carpenter doing a little leather face homage. I love it. Also, this guy rocking a Hitler stash is a wild move. I know Mars is wild right now, but that's a crazy fucking stylistic choice right there. Desolation Williams. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that name. <laughs> the Aussie slander there was amazing. Also, wasn't that, isn't this guy holding the gun that, uh, that Ice Cube was using earlier? Also, I'm under the impression that this is like the third movie in a run that Stratham did in the early 2000, late 99s, where it was like, what was it? Lock stocked, snatch, and then this. <laughs> That's a wild trio of movies to make. Oh, that would make sense that they have Williams guns, Williams gang. There's about a thousand percent too less of fucking Ice Cube being in this movie. It's a ballsy move, elbowing a guy in the sternum, fucking, he's got a shotgun.
See, here's the thing. Even when John Carpenter makes what, and you know, we're only halfway through, but I would consider this a incredibly middling uh, sci-fi horror budget movie. Like, it is completely inoffensive while it is at the same time completely unremarkable. That's a talent in and of itself. Oh, shit. Damn, that man is tripping balls. Dude, that is some worrisome behavior. Fucking shredding your own skin off. Also, I love how we we just had 10 to 15 minutes of the cops going to great pains to disarm the criminals. And then the first thing they do is fucking give the criminals the mother load of an arsenal. Meanwhile, this one man's hitting that inhaler like a motherfucker. I feel like when you're on Mars and there's nothing but these fucking demon monsters, turn your brain into Swiss cheese is like the least of your problems. I don't think the guy that's turning his brain into Swiss cheese should be allowed to make the hand grenades, you know. That's just a it's just a personal preference of mine. He's about to lop his motherfucking thumb off. Eh, called it. Jesus Christ. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Not gonna lie, Ice Cube's fit is fucking fire. He's got the the orange camo pants with the leather trench coat. It's a fire fit, I'm not gonna lie. 
Also, I've never served. I could clear fucking corners better than these people. Good Lord. I think two of them just pointed their barrels at each other's heads. <laughs> see here's the thing if they ever decided to remake this movie which they won't and they probably shouldn't this movie could be so DIY gnarly if they're fucking throwing saw blades at people Yes! <laughs> I fucking love it. Ice Cube's like, let's just kill everybody in sight. This is what the movie should have been the first fucking 10 minutes in. Jesus. Just gunning down fucking mutant savages the entire time. Come on. Shocking. The guy with <laughs> with one thumb fucks it up. Amazing. Also, I love how we went from like this very sort of synthy classical carpenter score to like some just heavy metal or hard rock. If you want to parse that one. Also, like, you know, pretty underwhelming, but Ice Cube is not terrible. He facilitates this role for what it is. And thinking about, like, his more recent roles within the last, I don't know, decade plus since this movie came out. I mean, it makes sense that he's, like, a pretty solid actor. I'm not going to lie. He can bring physicality to it he wants to. I can't get over that fucking... <laughs> possession uh, POV that they love to do. Which, if anything, like, why did he not just kill that guy that just got possessed? Like, it's one more person they're going to have to kill eventually. 
I would love, you know, they messed around with like perspective shifts. Also, that guy got stabbed with the spear. That shit barely. Oh, <laughs> goodbye to your arm. Um, they messed around with perspective and uh, like jumping around in the time frame of this movie so much at the beginning. How did we not get some kind of flashback from, uh, oh, there goes the head. There you go. How did we not get some kind of flashback from the uh, the possessed original miners perspective we saw them like get possessed briefly from those other guys point of view but it would have been cool to get their angle too of like uncovering whatever the spirit is from down below or whatever but then again there just hasn't been enough action for a movie that is trying to channel western shootouts and things like that considering we're Almost 60 minutes in, and uh, we just got our first big shootout. Also, Natasha, super broken up about Uno, somebody that by all accounts was going to try to kill her like 15 minutes ago. Also, I really can't get over that this dude, like everybody, everybody is dressed like they belong in fucking Rammstein. This like leather pierced nips look like, you know, not going to shame anybody, but it's like, dude, this is supposed to be the future. We haven't moved on from that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know M. Night Shyamalan saw this and was like, dude, we gotta make a movie where I weaponize the fucking wind. Also, I do not need a close-up shot of that dude's busted-ass fingertips. Okay, I got my wish. We get to see how they uncovered all this nonsense. Also, I love how they were talking earlier about how, like, the air is obviously not as clean on Mars as it is on Earth. The fuck? Why is nobody wearing respirators or anything? If cops got all that money for, like, leather jackets and guns and shit, why do they not have money for respirators? Well, you know, I guess not that much has changed in the future as it is now. Damn. Some studio head was really like, hey, Carpenter, maybe you should read the script to like fucking uh, 
now I'm going to forget the name of that movie, of course. This is what happens when you crack cold ones and, you know, maybe a couple drabs of whiskey before you start recording a movie commentary. Hmm. Pretty sure I got to stop, you know, recording podcasts as it is because I totally forgot. Total recall. There you go. Embarrassing, but hopefully I've buried this uh, oversight of mine an hour into the episode. So now I can uh, hopefully move past this. We'll see. Yeah, this is very much like leaning into total recall. Listen, D. Wallace Light let out the awful killer air. And I love how they forgot that the guy that was cutting open his face was a threat. At the same time, if the last like 28 minutes of this movie is basically like Assault on Precinct 13 on Mars, I wouldn't be mad at that. Them holding up decapitated heads just reminds me how dirty they did Pam Greer in this. Not gonna lie, Desolation has got some fucking wild sideburns. I'm not exactly Mr. like clean cut or nothing, but like those are some long ass sideburns. I love Ice Cube, but come on now, man. I too believe in staying alive. You have to give props to Ice Cube for keeping a fucking straight face for all of these lines. I got to give props to this guy that's cutting up his face. He is very much doing his best like Prince of Darkness possessed uh, routine. Also, I cannot believe how long Jason Stratham has lived through this movie with that fucking atrocious balding head of hair of his. He's about to get kneed in the nuts or the stomach.
He is legitimately a sixth grader with that dance thing. Oh, you're fucking lying, dude. No way. She had more chemistry with Ice Cube than she did this fucking clown. <laughs> Duval really said, I'm tired of looking at this guy with the cut up face. And they still haven't learned almost 90 minutes into this movie that if you kill one of them, the ghost travels. It's also wild to me that this movie's called Ghosts of Mars and they barely discuss the sort of like conundrum of it all. Usually that would be sort of like the central plot device. They're just like, okay, we can't kill each other. We can't turn on one another no matter how much we hate each other while the enemy's closing in and we're in these close proximities. And yet she's just like, I don't like the way that guy with the cut up face looks, which, you know, it's understandable, but I'm not going to blow him away. Also, I think those guys in Assault on Precinct 13 faced more opposition because these ghosts of Mars ditched them real quick. Dude, I'm dying if John Carpenter said the only way to fight off the ghost or the possession is drugs. Look, it's called clear. It'll get her mind clear. Just just one bump, just to get her head straight. You heard it here first. John Carpenter said drugs save lives. I mean... Ghosts of Ecstasy was the working title, but, you know, Ghosts of Mars sounds better. You got to give credit where credit's due. John Carpenter makes drugs look rad as fuck. But then again, her ass is on Mars tripping balls around savages, so... Damn, I too have been aware of having thoughts. Something inside of me. Girl, it's a dependency. Also, I love how these possessed people have just disappeared. They were like, nope. Us being a plot device, the need has ended.
Meanwhile, that new metal soundtrack kicks in. Let's go. Listen, I love John Carpenter to death, but I understand why the motherfucker made one other movie after this because, hmm. It's me. The drugs didn't make me turn into a monster. I love how he's like, it looks like her to me as if like their appearance changes. I thought like ripping open their face was a big part of the condition. Damn. Jason Stratham kissed her for like a second and a half and he's just like I believe anything she has to say we have also gotten zero backstory on like the king of this uh, ghost's force We mean leave them. Just give them some fucking drugs. Drugs are the answer. That's what Ghost of Mars is saying, basically. If you trip sack, you'll be out in about five or six minutes. Also, they for sure learned that shit from her doing it. So nice job being discreet. I love to throw explosives like two feet in front of me. I 
again, they couldn't come up with a better solution. If they kill these things, then the ghosts just multiply and spread. It's like a virus. Also, you can't say clear when you still have people behind you with loaded guns. That's not how clear works. I think they meant empty. That's not what that means. Stand clear. There we go. We got the first half of that very uh, important sentence. <laughs> I promise I'm so not one of those people that's like, mm, actually, that was a very... Uh, Wrong terminology. Like, <laughs> basically, if I'm commenting on it, that means it's fucking bad. Also, anytime Ice Cube says something, I think of the fact... Oh, finally, we get a little face-to-face -face with the head honcho, even though we know nothing about him or why he's special. Uh, and he gets killed in precisely three and a half seconds. Anytime I hear Ice Cube say anything, I just think about him in uh, 21 Jump Street when he goes to his kid's college for the uh, tour, and they're in the buffet line, and he's just like, can I get some more green beans? And the guy goes, what are you all fucking rationing? And he just destroys the entire buffet. It's a, it's a top 10 cinematic moment, I'm not going to lie. Not just in Ice Cube's uh, filmography, but in film in general. I don't think that's a stretch. Oh, he's not dead. Now he's just supposed to be very important, but smoldering. I also need to know how long after this movie did the transporter come out? Because Jason Stratham was pulling the, oh, the following year. I was going to say, Jason Stratham learned how to throw a punch in the subsequent year that followed. The train, the guys on the train were just like, yeah, we're going to ignore those explosions for the last three and a half hours. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie get so much mileage out of one set. Other than obviously the interior, exterior, but you know, I respect it, but JC brother, you're, you're better than this. I can't believe this many people survived. 
Because where the fuck's the rest of the crew if, uh, unless Natasha killed everybody in transit and she was the only one of the possessed people that got good at, uh, at faking not being possessed. Because otherwise you'd have to nuke the rest of that colony, right? This is the most easily manipulated group of people I've ever seen in my entire life. Listen, I guess she's gorgeous, but that only gets you so far. Come on now. Her power of persuasion is not so great. One of us? What do you mean by that, Jason? You need to pick your words a little more carefully, son. Ice Cube, come on, man. Don't fall for it. I love how she's on a first-name basis with another prisoner. But for whatever reason, this prisoner garners more trust than Ice Cube, which is wrong. Come on. I love how still they have not pivoted from like the realization that, okay, if we kill these things, then the ghosts just keep spreading by air. But, you know, life can't sustain if we don't kill each and every one of them, furthermore spreading into the rest of Mars. Like, come on now. Y'all are gullible as hell. Come on. Learn from your mistakes. I love the new metal score that kicks in. <laughs> I love how they act surprised at the development that they get attacked again. Meanwhile, Jason Stratham's stupid as shit. He's like, what do I blow up?
<laughs> They've spotted us. Uh, yeah, I think the horde of 200 ghosts of Mars fucking spotted that train, too. Meanwhile, there's absolutely zero reason why these guys would break, be able to break into that train. They've got like axes and spears and stuff, and swords. Okay, I'm about Duval using double handguns and fucking mowing down people. It's very much in line with my interests. I'm just going to put that out there in case anybody was wondering. Also, Ice Cube's gun totally jammed on that last shot. <laughs> Is Ice Cube going to have his redemptive moment where he saves her for a third time? Oh, no! That's fucked up. She was way more badass than Stratham has been in this. Come on. Oh, he's finally getting it. Wonder if the ghosts are going to get in. <laughs> I love how the saw blade only like takes off people's heads every other throw. That was ominous. I can't get over the fucking green screen or CGI that they have in the background. Come on, man. You're better than that, Carpenter. I believe in you. I don't know. I might have to watch The Ward after this. I'm going to see what his distaste for Hollywood, uh, how that impacted his filmmaking techniques in the nine years that transpired after Ghost of Mars in 2001 to The Ward in 2010.
Oh, now she calls him by his his government name. I thought it was Desolation. Come on now. I can't get over how they keep <laughs> the first half of the movie had that classical carpenter score and now it's just like new metal bangers for the second half. <laughs> Come on, man. We could have thought something a little more inspired than Big Motherfucker, but I appreciate the effort he put into that. I feel like this movie could have been so much gnarlier. I love, there's probably like five minutes left this movie. He's like, I got a brother and we went through some shit. Like they didn't think to introduce that like 50 minutes ago. A little naive of Ice Cube to be like, listen, all of a sudden I trust cops. Cops are the good ones. I bet she's going to get the ghost in her. Just wait for it.
<laughs> Let's go. It's never a good look to be like, what are you going to do, shoot me? And then somebody shoots you in the back of the head. Damn. So the guy that plays Big Daddy Mars, you know, and I only know that because I just looked this movie up on IMDb, who plays the main bad guy that we are never told anything about or why he's significant has also been in Army of the Dead. He plays Zeus, who I believe was like the main big baddie infected patient zero in, uh, like I said, Army of the Dead. Let's see. He was also in hot films such as Man of Steel, Underworld Awakening, Thor, Sucker Punch. He's been in three un Underworld movies. And yeah, that's it. The fact that Natasha did not end up being infected and spreading the ghost, whatever the fuck it is, ghost possession to everybody else in this part of Mars or back on Earth is wild. Come on. I love still that they're talking about the cartel. I would tune in and watch Narcos Mars. That sounds like a solid-ass Netflix-funded series. Oh! The air, it's bringing the ghosts. Mars Hub Central. Fuck around, you found out about it here first. Just needs a hit of that clear. It'll make it all go away. That's what saved you in the fucking first place. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. It's got the chromed out SMG. That's from that personal reserve. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God. Okay, here we go. So, like I said earlier, um, I would watch a bad mid-tier John Carpenter movie over the same type of movie from anybody else. Uh, <laughs> the man understands genre, even if it is not necessarily something that I ever necessarily want to watch again. Um, I would by far watch something like Ghosts of Mars that is trying to evoke far better films 
than something that somebody that does not have nearly as good a grasp over the genres that they're trying to, uh, you know, it's the type of thing where, yes, he very clearly wanted to try to channel his love for Westerns and the like, but at the same time, that clearly did not pan out quite as he would have liked. And it's understandable why he didn't make another movie after this for almost a decade. Um, you know, I, I can't not imagine that there was a good deal of studio interference. Again, you know, it would, it would be helpful if, uh, I had done a little research of this, but for these sort of, uh, these fears and beers, uh, commentaries, I kind of wanted to go in blind, not know much other than of course, you know, John Carpenter, one of my all time favorite directors watching one of his later films, that I'd never seen before. Um, and obviously he has not made a film in a decade plus post the ward, which like I said, came out in 2010. This is 20, 2001 type of thing. The vision is clear and you get what he was trying to evoke, but it did not quite meet the mark obviously of, uh, what I'm sure he intended, but also just in terms of like, well, how do you have so little action and utilize certain actors so little and, even if at the end of the day, like he was trying to evoke like Westerns and you can classify this as like a weird Western and whatnot, that doesn't necessarily make for a super entertaining movie, unfortunately, when it doesn't have the follow through. And uh, it kind of just feels like a bit of a mess, you know, additionally, like, of course, it helps when I can remember the title of uh, movies, but like it feels like Total Recall Light and, you know, maybe Total Recall Extra Light. If we were talking like beer percentages, like I'm rocking over here. Um if, you know, a lager's 5% and a light beer's 4, 4.5% or 4%, I'd say this is clocking in about a 2.5%. And if I was to attribute that to stars, I'm rocking at about a 2 out of 5. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I love John Carpenter, but that fell well below the mark. But I would rather a, a 2 out of 5 John Carpenter, I could say the comparison to that would be something along the lines of, uh, like, if anybody else is making Ghosts to Mars... This would more or less star Bruce Willis, I'm sure, from some director that has made one or two commercials and then was like, I'm going to jump in this feature film game real quick, make some sci-fi horror. But that would definitely fall short uh, of the mark. But, you know, this was an experiment. Hopefully this was not completely a catastrophe for those that were uh, queuing this up uh, and listening. So I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, Ghost to Mars... It makes me curious to go back and watch uh, The Ward just to see like, well, he clearly did not have a good experience making this and the product kind of reflects that. In the interim, did anything change between that? Probably not just because, again, you know, a decade plus between The Ward and now, you know, being 2022, him not making another feature film, mostly sticking to the music side of things. I think he did some comic work. He did uh, the story of Fear 3. Uh, the video game, he did some writing for that, but has not directed again. And uh, I can't imagine The Ward was much more of a positive experience for him, but I would be interested to see The Ward just to compare uh, that to Ghost of Mars, obviously, in terms of like how his mileage is varied and whatnot. But, you know, this uh, Fears and Beers uh, segment was a, a test or a, uh, an experiment, and uh, hopefully you guys were able to get some, some enjoyment out of it if you were planning on checking this movie out for the first time like me. Over, of course, a couple of cold ones, but we'll see what the reception is to this. And, uh, you know, if you guys enjoyed this at all, maybe I'll do some more because, you know, I'd be doing this anyways, even if I wasn't recording it. But maybe it'd be better if I wasn't, you know. <laughs> but as always, I appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. And uh, next week will probably be something a little more in line with what I've been doing because, you know, 
once in a while you got to experiment, but as always, I appreciate you guys listening and uh, thanks for tuning in.